lucky enough to give you guys part two of our chat with Michael Hicks, world famous Joanna Newsom article writer. So we hope you guys really enjoyed this conversation. We all had a lot of fun and we'll see you next week with, what are we doing next week? Make hay. Wow. Okay. Enjoy. I'm curious about this one. This was one of your questions, Nikki. Um, so we've we've we have touched just a little bit on her new music, but we also um, saw that you revisited "Time Is a Symptom" symptom much more recently. Um, what kind of prompted you to dig back in or revisit mm. it? Hmm. Um, I didn't realize anyone was uh, paying close <laughs> attention to the frequency or timing of my uh, my writing, but. Um, I guess, like, I, I, I mean, I guess I, like, ultimately just felt like I had something to write about, um, and I, I don't think her music is ever like too far from from my mind. Um, it is like just so enriching, and like you just get something out of every listen. Um, so, I guess, like, just to just like to speak really concretely about it. Um, the Ellicinian mysteries had always kind of seemed like something that people had, um, you know, explained and, and put out there and made the connection. And like, to some extent, I was like, okay, great. That's a well-trod path. Like, I don't need to go down that path. But just out of curiosity, I was like doing some some reading. And um, like, that's when I realized like, oh, there were things here that I didn't really know about and that I wanted to explore a little bit more. And maybe other people... Um, might not have had like might not have followed that thread far enough to to come across and and that's what um really kind of set it off for me um was really kind of digging into into the story um of uh Demeter and and Despoina and and um Rari or Arian yeah mm-hmm is that how you pronounce it I've been saying Demeter this whole time but I have literally no idea Demeter I've heard a whole range of them. Demeter is how I usually say it, but I'd like, yeah, I took like Greek very, very, very briefly and um, don't quote me on that. Well, I defer to you because I took Greek for zero time at all. So (laughs) Demeter it is. Sam like texted me being like, oh my God, there's a new Michael Hicks article. And we like, we're both so excited. And then like her music dropped like the next day or something. It was ridiculous. It was incredible timing. Yeah. I have um, email alerts on for your articles. So it was like a bam, bam, bam. (laughs) Time is a symptom. And then new music article, new music article. And we were just like, whoa, this is the best. He's back. (laughs) It wasn't intentional because I I guess I published that and then she played music and I didn't find out for several days. I mean, we were speculating. We're like, does Michael Hicks have inside knowledge that she's actually going to be playing at this show? Because the timing is so weird that like maybe he's like jumping on the band- bandwagon and being like, look, people are going to be Googling Joanna Newsome. This is a perfect time to release part two of, of time. 
No. (laughs) It's not not at all uh, that planned out. Okay, so speaking of time, because it's the it's the song that Sam and I are currently just in the weeds on, and it's as you know, super rich with stuff to explore. Um, so I wanted to ask you a couple questions about time, um, specifically, but but yeah, so I, this is like a very general question. I don't even really know how to articulate it. But do you have any view on? why she's drawing on such disparate um, cultural references, such as Demeter and Persephone and the Eleusinian mysteries, and then also evoking like Christ in the next section and maybe Lazarus. And uh, like, what does that do for this song? What does that contribute to the song? Yeah. If you have a view on that. I don't know if I have a like I can't say for sure. Um, I have maybe some speculation, um, but it's probably not going to be terribly uh, like elucidated. The like if you think about Western literature, Western art, Western history, etc. Like Judeo-Christian thought, Greek mythology, Greek like Greek Roman thought, like all of that like really permeates the culture if you will um so it's almost like hard to write in that tradition and like avoid it at all um and so like like this is just me speculating but like it might be that might be anchored in like what joanna newsom's cultural and historical touch points are like writing about what she's familiar with writing with the the backdrop that um, that she has. Um, so like, I, I think she's kind of said that before, like where she just writes the way that she does because she does. And like, she can't really, um, change that or isn't, you know, um, trying to change that. Um, so like maybe if you're raised with that context, um, learn about it in school, et cetera, right. You, you can't really a- avoid it. And maybe you also like embrace it and just incorporate that into what you're what you're working on um and like if you're if, if something is not your culture not your the history that you're you're raised in like there's a there's kind of a weird way in which that like almost doesn't feel authentic to you like yeah um that you're almost like borrowing someone else's culture or like standing from the outside so like to some extent like as a an artist maybe and like, like this is just maybe if I were writing these kinds of things, I don't want to say that this is what Joanna Newsom thinks, but like, you know, I would feel more comfortable writing about my cultural context than say, you know, I've lived in Africa, but like I wouldn't feel very comfortable trying to write something African or write about African culture in a way that like positioned me as somebody who knew anything about that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. It just feels like a little bit challenged um yeah and i guess like the the, going back to joseph campbell because we were just talking about him like i do find that a really compelling like view on this like notion of shared myths and there's something really uniting across all cultures where there are these sort of fundamental shared types of stories that we tell um experiences that we have like everyone is born everyone dies like everyone experiences weather, um, you know, eats food, those kinds of things. And so these have sort of entered into these, um, 
these like unified mythologies in in their own way and that kind of unites us as humankind and like yes the um like for uh, you know western culture like those touch points start to take shape in christian myth and greek myth and and what have you but um yeah there's something just like those are kind of pointers to something maybe even more fundamental behind them um so i don't know i mean i'm like i i really uh, you know <laughs> i'm just guessing um at this but yeah I mean, that's all we ever do on this podcast, but I I am so into that's, that's something that I was trying to put into words, but I think that you just articulated better than I ever could about that fundamentality of human experience. Um, I really feel that coming through in the, like, you know, the mother daughter odyssey that Demeter and Persephone have, Mm -hmm. and this like father son odyssey that like Christ has, like they, that the journeys for them, the cycles look Mm. very different, but at the end it boils down to sort of the same thing, right? There's family, there's love, there's resurrection, um, birth and death. Mm -hmm. Like I love the idea that especially at the end of that song where it's all so condensed and we get like these incantations of lyrics rather than these sentences, it just feels like it's getting down to the nitty gritty heart of yeah, fundamentals of human experience. I love that notion of incantation in light of like the mysteries and the um, there's like a little bit of incantation. I, th- I think I wrote about this of like the incantations that are going on in the mystery, right? Obviously, we don't know very much about it at all, but like that's just fascinating to kind of think of. Um, there is something like sort of religious ceremony esque in, in the end of time as a symptom. I love that. Yeah. I get that word from the New York Times. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, it just, it feels like a ceremony. Like there's so much power in the end of that song. There's so much going on musically. Like um, I think even if you took the words away, your feelings would be really big in listening to it. Um, I love all of those connections. I'll tell you like a little side story about this um, if you're curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so a friend of mine, again, like perpetually late, but a friend of mine told me about um, – after Divers came out, um, Joanna did a sort of a sit-down interview in San Francisco with Dave Eggers, the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, like, I actually got to go because my friend, my friend was listening out for it. And um, at the end, they recorded it for radio, and I don't think they like included this, or maybe they like chopped it up or something because um, I did listen to the radio um, version of it afterwards, but they went around the audience and like asked questions. Oh, and I was cool. like, oh my goodness, like it's a moment to ask Joanna like a serious question. So I had my hand raised, but they didn't come to me. I wanted to ask her about like religion and like what, like there's just so much um, religious reference, um, allusion in, in her work and just kind of how she thinks of that as like a social and historical construct and um, instead people ask some like questions that, um, you could tell kind of shut her down a little bit around, um, around, uh, baby birch and, um, the music video of all things, the music yeah. video for, uh, what's it called? Um, good intentions paving company. So oh. I was really bummed that they, they picked the wrong people in the crowd to yeah. ask questions. Uh, I really want to know her answer to your question. I hope you get to ask her someday. One day. Mm-hmm. Hey, one day. Okay, fascinating. So 
one of the things that I was reading um, in one of your articles last night, I can't remember exactly which one, but you had mentioned at the end of it that you thought that transformation, the idea of metamorphosis was a big part of divers and sort of a reoccurring um, image that we get throughout the album. And yeah, I felt the truth of that more than I could understand that propositionally. And so I was hoping you could just spell that out a little bit for me, uh, help me understand it a little bit more. Is that the philosopher's term propositionally? <laughs> I think it is. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I understand it uh, in my emotions more than I understand it in sentences. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think th there's a... Um... The, there's kind of like a little bit of I'm sure maybe other people have like had this philosophy or whatnot, but um, I have a little bit of a personal philosophy that has come along with me for many years, um, especially applying to to literature um, that is around change and how you often see the before the change and the after the change, but not necessarily the transition or the the transformation itself. Um, and so maybe this is like me projecting onto her work or maybe it's like actually there, but I started to see that started, like that started to come out and as I was, um, engaging with the, the work on divers. Um, so like just to, to, to give like some examples as kind of, um, reflecting on this, like anecdotes we hear, like, like you will not mark my leaving. Like there's kind of this moment, like. The before is I'm here, the after is I'm gone, but like there is, you, you won't mark it, like you won't capture it in a way, right? Um, or um, like the waltz when we hear like, I believed our peril was done, there's kind of like, there's a moment of safety and then there's this moment of like aftermath, but we don't actually see the peril like we don't see the return of the peril or the the war or whatever whatever form that takes um and i think like probably the most crystallized one that i've written about um was in sapraconic and i kind of talked about the event um like the, like the fact that the event is not captured right so um and i talked a little bit about um gosh now i'm i'm forgetting like which piece i was referencing in the song itself, but I was talking about the process of Joanna taking something that was a newspaper story and then turning it into a song. Like we weren't there for the transformation of that from a newspaper story into a song, from one written record to another written record. But there was a transformation that happened. And that transformation is the act of creating music, is the act of writing the lyrics. Like that's the creating event. Um, and so I just like, I don't know, there's just something like really fun about that right like and and kind of talked about how that newspaper story like started in one format and then it ended in this in this other format um so i guess i've just been like hyper attuned to some of that um transformation that's going on um and and i think you might be referencing as well the use of metamorphosis like um ovid's metamorphoses like there's just like a rich and not saying that everything in that book by any means is um a direct reference in divers, but like, it's just such a, a wealth of like historical cultural context for a lot of writing and, and what have you. So, um, I definitely have seen like little characters come out of that, um, as, uh, as I've dug in. 
That's really helpful. And like, especially too, as you're talking about, um, as you had mentioned before that you thought that, um, that making was a big theme on the album. It does seem like that the transformation sort of plays into making, right? You're in making something, you're, you're transforming one thing to another. Um, yeah. So that's super helpful. Yeah. I was thinking, I think it plays into some of those other themes too, like the cycles and, um, how like people are, right. The, 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 you will not mark my leaving, like the leaving process is like a, is part of that cycle. Um, I was thinking about like, um, this, I don't know. I keep going back to Humpy Dude. I, have you read the the um, Lewis Carroll scene with Humpty Dumpty and Alice? Actually, yeah, I think I have read this scene. But again, I think because of your work. Yeah. It. Yeah. That thing just like I love it so much. <laughs> but like, you know, I was, and I was thinking about I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, it's just so fascinating that Alice doesn't actually see Humpty fall, like. She's talking to Humpty and then she walks away and then like there's this like the earth shakes and she goes back and like Humpty has fallen. Um, so even just like the witnessing of the falling event is um, is is wiped out. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just like I see I see this thing and I like look for it and force everything into this like little philosophy I have. But um, yeah, I just love that little, little nuance that Alice doesn't like witness the fall. Yeah, I'm so into this observation. I want to see like a full article on this observation because I it's fascinating. You're right. It makes me wonder too in the um when our um the death of from the newspaper article, the death of the um the death of falling from the airplane. I'm like my brain was like, in this song, do we ever get anyone who sees her fall? And I don't think so, right? Like there was, and I'm not going to remember just now. Just preceding which John's fall, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we have in whatever um, piece of writing we referenced, kind of like narrating that experience. We have the farmer who found her, and then we have her perspective as she falls. But we don't have, we don't have that in between. Are you talking? Yeah, you're her- talking about um, there's like a a a theory around a reference to a poem and to a um, an event where somebody fell out of a plane. Yeah. And so then we had, we had the actual event of, of our, of our, um, what's her name, Nikki? Françoise de Marriage. Yes. Falling out of the plane. And then in, in the song we have um, kind of her perspective as she falls, but then that's the before and we have the after of, um, I forget the piece of literature that we, or the poem that we referenced, um, but that kind of has the the after perspective. And then what's what's missing in that song I'm realizing now is that we don't have um, kind of the in-between um, from an outside perspective. So just for my own notes, something to look back on. Yeah, and all this, like, I don't, one of, like, there there are lines that stick with you because they're really poetic and then there are lines that stick with you because they're like philosophy and you're like gosh that is a really good question Joanna like let me let me (laughs) noodle on that for a while um and I I love that line from anecdotes so like what is this sample proving Mm -hmm. like that that notion that like we are seeing this little slice and like does that mean that everything outside, like, I mean, this is one interpretation of this, but like we're seeing this little slice and like, does everything outside of that slice have to be what we expect it to be? Or 
could it actually be quite different? Beautiful. Fascinating. I love that line too, especially as it plays into, I think she's described um, in interviews before sort of the different songs on divers as each having their own narrator and the narrator sort of passing the torch um, to the next person for each Mm. song. And uh, I love to think of samples in that context where each song is sort Mm. of a sample from a different narrator. Yeah. Um, who doesn't have access, right? Who again there's that theme of like limited knowledge, who doesn't have access to the other perspectives that that we get. And she kind of ties like samples and anecdotes together, right? Like a, almost as syn- synonyms for each other, like um and it's interesting to think of like the songs each as themselves as like somebody's anecdote or an anecdote. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, what's next here? So we talked about Finnegan's Wake. I think that's it for divers. Do you have more, Sam, for divers? I don't think so. I mean, we could keep Michael here forever, but we do want to respect his time. So I'm, in, I'm having fun. So Okay, good, 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 good. I'm I don't so get to talk about Michael. Joanna Newsom that often. I just <laughs> write about it now and then. <laughs> All right, so... Um, Sam already asked you whether you're listening to the music, the new music. You said yes. Um, I just wanted to, I mean, I don't have a lot of questions because I, I mean, I'm, I feel sort of tentative about talking about it just a, because I'm not familiar with it. Like I haven't listened to it 700 times yet. I've only, you know, dabbled here and there into it. And also, I mean, like you said, like I don't have my own fully fleshed out theories, yeah, I I just I have trouble with not knowing the real lyrics. Like I feel just sort of untethered in a way. Um, having said that, uh, Sam and I have done bonus episodes on a few of the songs where we just do like sort of shallow dives into some of the themes. And one of the ones that we did most recently was on Little Hand. And I loved your article on it. It was fascinating. I wanted to ask you um, about the potential theme of diving slash like aquatics again. And then maybe also the theme of time being prominent in that song too, with little hand, maybe referencing like a little hand on a clock. Mm. So I know I'm asking you to speculate here. It is the hour, see the little hand. Ooh, what's that from? That's from that song, right? Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. See, I don't know it well enough to, to, to know that yet. But yeah, just I'm wondering if you think that, again, speculatively, that this new album or at least this new song is sort of taking the baton from divers and elaborating on some similar themes or if she's approaching it from a whole new angle where we should just like forget what we (laughs) are theories about divers and and relearn what diving might mean in this context. Oh, gosh. It's hard to say. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, like one thing I'll say that's been very constant in Newsom's work is I, like the capacity to surprise me and I assume surprise everyone who listens to her closely um, or like listen, has followed like her progression. Um, yeah. Gosh, like, you know, I loved Milk Eyed Mender. And then I was not at all anticipating East. Um, and by the way, yeah. the, like the first time I heard East was her performing it end to end live. Um, somebody like 
said, oh, there's a Joanna Newsom concert. I see you've listed on this. Like this was back at the beginning of Facebook, like where it was just like <laughs> within your college. Somebody was like, hey, I see you're the only person at this school that likes Joanna Newsom. <laughs> I've got an extra ticket. Why don't you go? I had no idea she was like launching a new album or anything like that. I just like showed up at this church and like wrung out my wet socks in the pews and like <laughs> sat back and she's like, I'm going to play my new album from start to finish. And it was incredible. But like, I was not ex- like the experience of Mokai Mender and then that, and then um, have one on me. I was like not expecting to go in the form um, and the tone of it. And then divers. So like, her ability to go in new directions, challenge what it means to be a Joanna Newsom song. Um, mm. There's kind of a, yeah, I'm already seeing like little elements of that. Um, I mean, there's like obviously clearly a core that is Joanna Newsom and, and like what she brings to music, but there's like also experimentation and new things. So I don't know. I mean, the fact that there's like water and sub subwater and things like that like it's definitely very interesting to think about um potential connection but and 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 some of the things that I was thinking about like as I was contemplating writing about divers the song and like thinking about the history of um like subaquatic movement and the technology that enables that and like that I've gotten actually gotten to write about I'm seeing like a an interesting connection between the air again and little hand. And mm. I've been like slowly. Um, so I think I've more or less left the article around the little hand alone, but I've been slowly adding to my work on the air again. And like, just um, I've been wanting to write about the connection between mining and submarining and like diving mm. um, equipment um, for a little bit, but I've just kind of found the right time to do that. So um so, I mean, there's, I mean, like, I'm seeing diving equipment. The last album was Divers. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> divers Part Two, the new yeah. album. <laughs> it's so interesting, too, that, that you're finding themes of diving equipment. And, you know, we've talked so much about, um, the the water being the realm of men and um the land being very feminine encoded and kind of that that space in between on our in our own um recordings but the idea that like the next album maybe provides you with a little bit more preparedness for that diving is a really interesting thought for me yeah i mean I, i'm i like all of this would be pure speculation to like try to draw mm-hmm. too many parallels across the the new songs but i've been really fascinated with some of the connection points um and i like talk about this in in um in my work on the air again is um just like the difficulty breathing as something that i'm starting to see crop up um and um i don't know offhand i don't know that that's something necessarily that she explores in depth in um in divers but maybe i should go but yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I, I guess I. I feel like I'd be forcing it too much if I like tried to connect. But there are some similarities that I've like noticed or like 
um, feelings that come out um, from some of the the songs that feel a little bit like pre- previous songs. But that's I think that's the like inherent Joanna Newsomeness of yeah. the work more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the the article, the way that you're writing the new article with like newspaper dated annotations. I mean, like here's something I've discovered in my newest delving. And <laughs> I appreciate Reporting the Reporting from the field, Michael. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, yeah and, and that's an example of just like how it's like fun to experiment with this, you know, type of writing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Anything else about new music, Sam? Um, I don't know. Is there anything you're hoping for? Like, has there anything, has there been anything in your own writing or your own research that you've been like, she hasn't touched on this. Like, it would be really cool to bring this in. Or I found this connection and haven't heard her um, mention it explicitly that you would just be like over the moon if she dropped. Oh, uh, no, whatever she wants to write, she can write. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. Um, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like the only thing I'm hoping is like keep going, keep going. Yes. <laughs> you can do it. I know we feel the <laughs> same way. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was exactly my feeling upon hearing the new music. It was just like way to go. Like I will take anything that you put down and just like you're doing it. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so excited and grateful that there's that there's new content because like in no small part it like truly for me personally does shape at least some aspects of my life. Like I spend so much time with it and I feel like, I don't know, beyond just analysis, like it resonates with me on like a really emotional level and Mm -hmm. can oftentimes help me understand my own experiences in language that I never would have been able to. And that is just such a gift. So there's like this lighthearted, like I'm so excited, but then there's also this very like more profound way in which I'm like, wow, this is going to be like a new chapter for me too because of how much time I know I'm going to spend with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The chapters keep getting longer as the book yeah. goes on too. <laughs> they sure do. <laughs> Come on, Joanna. <laughs> but you know what? Time goes by faster as we get older. And you so, <laughs> you know, it's all subjective. <laughs> okay. So I am very curious about your answer to this question, uh, but, you know, no pressure. Um, I just wanted to invite you here to say anything that you might want to about like songs or theories that you haven't written a a whole article about, but maybe you have little embryonic ideas floating around in your head. Um, Yeah. And I'm also just curious, like, why do you choose to write about certain songs and not others um, on Divers? Yeah. So maybe I'll take the bigger question first and then the smaller one. I Like, so... I guess I'm sort of letting the song um, engage with me in a way. And like, if there's something that I feel compelled to write about, I I will. But I also really love like leaving some songs alone, if that makes sense. And like, not just putting them under the microscope and um, getting like, really. And and, and by by me, like no means this is like, I love what the two of you are doing. It sounds like you're going through more systematically or like, looking at all the and like really spending time in every song and I love that that invites other people to do that because um and like from the little that I've listened to like there's a the bravery in your work that's um the bravery of like not knowing and uh, being confused and 
embracing that and going through because I I do that too in my own head. So I think you're you're probably helping people who are wrestling with some of these things like come to terms with that and be excited about like okay, well, you know, I can still get a lot of really great things out of this music and I don't have to understand it all. Um mm-hmm. kind of to the point we were saying about Joyce earlier. Um so like completely respect that and for me, I think um there are just some works that either like I think they're accessible enough and like people can um like like especially the ones that touch on like just human feelings in a in a really deep and profound way and like don't really need too much explanation just like need to be experienced like i i love leaving some of those things um to just be art and Mm -hmm. um not have to put a critical lens on them um sometimes just for myself and sometimes like just out of respect for like we'll let other people breathe into this space and and bring their own their own thoughts to it so i've actually really been very grateful that i um I've let myself jump around and like pick and choose and leave other ones on the table and just listen to them. Um, yeah. Some of the new songs, like I haven't written about all the new songs and I don't necessarily plan to and um, just love listening to them and be like, ah, oh, that hard part. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I always have these like little notes floating around in my head or on paper somewhere but um I, there'd be like a ton to say and I also maybe like can I be like a tiny bit selfish and <laughs> like some of those might become things that I write later and I um I've been wrestling with whether I should write anything about leaving the city or just like leave it to people to but there's um there's a line like I'll believe in you if you believe in me um which is in my opinion, like a very direct um, Alice through the looking glass um, reference because she's had the told you would and she's had like a couple other that are like very clear, like call outs to um, through the looking glass. So it feels like really Carol-esque. And um, I like so that's a moment where um, Alice meets a unicorn and the unicorn is she's like, oh, I didn't, you know, I don't exactly know. I'm going to butcher this, but like um, like. I thought unicorns were magical creatures and the unicorn is like, I thought children were magical creatures. And <laughs> they just kind of strike this deal of like, I'll believe in you if you believe in me. Um, and like leaving the city is the most horse esque song of divers. And there's, yeah. you know, you and me best. And there's, I can't name all of them um, <laughs> from the previous, um, but uh, um, you know, that like Joanna Newsom clearly has a like, strong affinity for horses and I was deathly afraid of horses growing up though my sister was a rider and um like I've I've since like overcome that but I don't really feel very equipped to talk about horses and unicorns um but I'm very interested in it like the the canter and the trot being three three note four note um like um polyrhythm there's just something very very cool there um, so I have a lot of respect for it, but I, I don't know if I'll ever write that. So somebody yeah. can play around with horses and unicorns and trotting <laughs> and all of that. Um, and I, like, this is a, this, this is like a, I don't know, this is, this is, this is far-fetched, but, um, 
so uh, I don't know how what your familiarity with French is, but I like I've lived there and in, in, in France and and speak French and like for me I can't see the word divers and like there's there's um, polysemy in that from English, but then there's also like this like English French thing, and I lived in Brittany, which like you see oh. La Cité d'Is, like East is like kind of around um, wherever you are in Brittany. Um, and, uh, like I've heard people mispronounce it as wise, mm-hmm. <laughs> like W H Y S or yeah. W I S E. Yeah. And I just like, my mind just like immediately goes to like, Ooh, fun, like wordplay between French and English, but that'd be like such a little in club. Um, but I, I can't help myself. Um, so I haven't written anything about it, but like, and I probably won't, but like for me, like divers means like varied uh, it means divers, 10 verses, 10, ten songs. Ah. Um, it means divers, uh, di apostrophe, so of winter. Um, ah. So it just like there's there's just like a fun little like playfulness that my mind goes to with that. But J'aime ces connexions. C'est, euh... <laughs> c'est super. Je parle euh, le français québécois. C'est un, peu, c'est un peu différent du français français. Je comprends. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool, though, that uh, I am fascinated with d'hiver, of winter, and... It's just, yeah, it's not it's a... It's fun. I don't think it's a thing, but my mind connects that. She has some French stuff in... I feel like in the new music, there's a couple of French, like, words or, like... Ver- phrases i could be wrong about that again i don't know the new stuff very well so but anyways that'd be an interesting path yeah okay cool thank you for that michael i know that uh those might become articles or maybe they won't one day but we're grateful that you um shared some stuff with us okay so the next question i have here is about recommendations kind of like do you find anyone else's work comparable to joanna's in terms of just the depth and complexity and emotional impact like who would you say are in that same conversation if the short answer is no (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but that's why we're having this conversation and you know we all um are just i don't know i i think um there there's nobody whose work um quite like sparks my engagement and curiosity and um i don't know like just sheer joy uh, yeah in the way that hers does but i do think they're like they're, i mean of course there are people making really really great art and um in in various forms and like um you know uh on the on the visual art front um you know i've always really enjoyed a, they're like if you want some recommendations i've always enjoyed a couple um folks that i think are like there's a depth to what they're doing. Um, Sophie Kahl is a French artist um, who I've just really appreciated. Like there's kind of a playfulness and a depth of emotion in her work. Um, that's called C-A-L-L-E, Kahl. Um, Cindy Sherman. I really like the photographer Cindy Sherman, if you've seen her work. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of playing on the feminine image um Mm -hmm. and like what it means to be a woman but also just like so she has like a number of series of photographs and like they're all just like super compelling um images Mm -hmm. and then there's just like clearly a story there um 
I, I really like her work. Um, Martin Purrier is an American who works in wood. Um, and there's just like a really fascinating depth to his work. Um, the, like the history and the, um, just kind of wrestling with slavery and wrestling with, um, what it means to be African American, um, what it means to be African-American in Africa at times, because I think he um, lived there, maybe Peace Corps or something like that. So just like really love his work. Um, and it's also just like, not that I can touch it in a museum, but it's very tactile. And um, the way mm -hmm. that the shadow plays with it is really um, fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have like a couple of thoughts. I, music wise, like, yes, I could throw out like a couple like um, folks, but. I think um, for me, my my head goes to like li like literature. Um, so I, I don't know if you're familiar with Italo Calvino. Ah, uh, yeah, I just read Invisible Cities. Ah, incredible, fascinating. Yeah. I was like, what? It, what did I get myself into? Yeah, highly recommend. That's a great book to start with. Um, there, sometimes people ask like, what's the one book you would bring to to a desert island? That's my answer. Um, Great so yeah, um, uh, Jorge Luis Borges, the yes. Argentinian writer, um, librarian, not great librarian, great writer. <laughs> I just love, love uh, the, his work rewards deep reading. And, um, there's also like a big playfulness in that. And, um, yeah, love that. You had a, you had a positive reaction. Oh God, I love him. I it's been a while since I've read him, but we're big fans of him in this household. His writing is incredible. Yeah, yeah. his fictions are great. Um, Sylvia Plath is a poet that I really appreciate and um, can deep read. Wallace yeah. Stevens. Wallace Stevens. Yeah, Wallace Stevens, the Connecticut insurance broker who wrote poetry on the side. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I, I've, I've kind of, I think I've referenced some of his stuff or like throw like little micro links into my articles about, um, some of his work, but, um, yeah, if you had to start with something, maybe, um, the idea of order at Key West is a great poem of his. Oh, cool. Okay. I'll, I'll check it out. I, by the way, love your micro links. Like <laughs> sometimes I don't even notice that it's linked. I'm like, wait a second, this like connective word is linked. <laughs> like, let me check out what he's, what he's pointing out. <laughs> And then you said you could throw out some musical uh, references, but then uh, didn't. What would what would you throw out? I I just don't think I'm like, um, like other people are doing really cool, fascinating things. Like musically, like I can just do that. Like I um, grew up. I uh, I think I read references somewhere, but like my mom is a professional harpist, so like I just grew up oh. with a lot of music around. Um, you both had like a oh reaction. <laughs> oh, it's all making sense now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess like I I love engaging with things musically and like picking up on nuance and, and layering and all that fun stuff. But um, but I don't think anyone like lyrically is doing anything quite in the same way. Maybe they are, and I just haven't discovered them. Um, I am deeply jealous of your ability to appreciate the musicality on that level because while I know that it's there just based on what other people have written, I have 
like zero musical skill at all. And so I can appreciate the effect that the music has on me on a whole. But when I hear other people talk about just the complexity and the like layering as you're talking about that she does musically too, it feels like that feeds into a bunch of the themes on the album. And so, or on not just the album, in her works in general. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm deeply jealous of the ability to, pre to appreciate her music on that other, other level. Yeah. Uh, my mom is coming to visit me um, this summer, and um, I'm going to be renting her a harp. Uh, so she'll get to play for friends out here. Um, oh, my so God. Cool. And we were, we were talking. She's also like, I mean, she, back in the day. So there's like a... Um, like the harp world is such a small little circle <laughs> and especially like folks who like play professionally in, in orchestras. Um, and, um, you know, back in the day, like I remember I was living in France and she sent me like a copy of the harp column, which is like the, you know, the, the magazine that the <laughs> harp industry group, you know, folks put together. Um, and Joanna was on the cover and they, you know, um, interviewed her and, it's fun to see like harpists interview her because they're like asking really cool, like deeper questions about what um, her relationship to the harp is and things like that. But um, yeah, my mom will like nerd out with me on she's uh, I don't know if I would say she nerds out with me, but she appreciates that I'm like writing about her instrument. And um, yeah, that's so sweet. OK, so thank you for those recommendations. And I do appreciate that. Yeah. So I was going to ask you too, if you ever planned on going, so you stuck mostly to divers and like some new music. It, do you ever see yourself talking or writing about East or Milk Eyed Mender? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Like, it's, that, I, I, like I'm not sure right now, but I, I've definitely, the, the thought has crossed my mind. Um, I will say like, and I think I want, I want to say I heard Joanna Newsom say this or in an article or um, uh, on some kind of interview, like the, like her earlier work, there, there are definitely like deep metaphors and, and imagery and like, you know, clear like mastery of words and, um, and whatnot. Though I think like, I, I want to say the word that she used was impressionistic to describe mm -hmm. like some of her earlier writing. And I, I de that definitely comes out like I've, I've, maybe tried to like um, think about or trace some of the earlier songs in, in the same way. And it, it doesn't quite yield because I think they're referential, but I think they have the references might be like personal references or feeling references or personal experience. So I, I honestly, I'm like, I, I kind of just given her expression of like what, um, how do I put this? given her she comes across as a deeply private person mm -hmm. and um given her reticence around like sharing personal things and stuff like i just i don't really feel very um drawn to writing about like personal experience stuff um and trying to guess at like her life or her you know those types of things so i'm i i love like engaging with her work as it um sits out in the open if that makes sense i like yeah I, i'll like just like in mary uh mary at the mill um i was writing that like a couple days after it came out and i think i 
I, I assume that I was the first person that connected the dots, like who she was writing about, though. Obviously, if she had published the lyrics, I think somebody would have like Googled it right away and been like, oh, it's Marie Rusek. And she designed Warcrest and like the, just connect all the dots. But um, I definitely felt very conflicted about like connecting those dots so publicly and putting it out yeah. there. But then I was like, okay, but she's like sort of writing about this and singing about it. And I think like um, maybe she's come to terms with that, but I, I also want to be very, very conscientious of like not having this feel like any kind of intrusion on her personal life or anything of that, that sort. Yeah. That's super important to Sam and I too. Just like we, as much as possible, try to talk about just the narrator of the songs rather than the mm -hmm. artist herself Stop. writing them mm -hmm. because those things can very much come apart and we don't need to be speculating about her personal life given, as you say, she does seem like a deeply private person. And so, yeah, to respect that whenever possible is, I think, a really good idea. Yeah. But I'll, you know, to your question, like I'll, I'll definitely leave the door open of like maybe something will strike me and... um you know, yeah, we'll we'll want to play around with it and um, maybe write something about it. You know, I'm nervous about because we started with East just because mm -hmm. Sam and I were both really drawn toward East at first, and then did have one on me, and now mm -hmm. we're doing Divers, and then we're gonna go back to to the Milk at Mender. And I feel so afraid of doing that because of what you say of this like impressionistic versus like deeply referential writing. I just don't. I'm not sure how to talk about the impressionistic, impressionistic stuff in a way that would be helpful, but we'll figure something out. Yeah. I think Milk Eyed Mender seemed a lot, um, a lot less approachable because with East, at least there was so much immediately to dive into right away. Um, and so many threads we could connect. And as much as I love the Milk Eyed Mender, I, I didn't feel that right away. Um, and so I think it was just easier for us to jump into East, right? Yeah, I could see that. Um, but I think there's, I think, I mean, even like, again, I think like there's something very brave about going into each song and um, feeling the like just spending time with it and feeling like there is something that maybe 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 not in quite the like, oh, this is a historical reference to this. And like, therefore, it's making this broader, you know, um, commentary about but like more. Oh, these words are really like, this is a really powerful image or like I wouldn't have thought to connect this way of talking about this and like there's or you know this is an interesting play on what I would have expected to hear um or the way that this word is being used so I, I think you can even if you're going word for word like there's some really some really cool stuff in Milk Eye Mender so yeah sometimes for me too it's just a, thank you <laughs> thank you for the the courage uh, sometimes for me too, it's just a matter of like sitting down and defining each word because her vocabulary is so just robust and uh, is constant. She's constantly teaching me new words. So, I mean, that alone, I think, um, might be a worthwhile endeavor. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am so sad that my questions are done, Michael, because <laughs> yeah. it is such a pleasure to talk to you. Sam, do you have other questions? I mean, my last question was, what are you listening to? But I think you touched on that already. Like I have a an ongoing Google alert for probably what, 15 years, anytime her name is mentioned anywhere. Um, especially like if her name is dropped in, um, reviews of new music and someone says, Oh, maybe this, this person's music sounds like her. Um, but I am sad to say that I'm almost consistently disappointed when I listen to whatever the album is and it has, They're not that I'm good work. 
It's just yeah, not the same, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's not that I'm expecting um, a copy or, or a replica of her work, but it is trying. It is fun trying to find um, what they were referencing, whatever that comparison is yeah. to her. I think the problem is that like we're not being hyperbolic when we say that like she's doing something that is so special and so, as you said, Michael, like it's it's literature in and of itself and like that of course we can't expect that of other songwriters given that that's just like not the convention and so Joanna has this very specific style that like crosses these boundaries in a way that I think um it's unreasonable to expect other artists to do um but it's just once once she creates that that itch (laughs) that it's uh it's hard to satisfy with other music yeah I mean like we're still talking about Virginia Woolf how many years like later like Joanna will be that same like it's weird to to be in that presence in while we're alive but I think like 100 150 200 years from now like people will look back at her as like a serious writer and um that's yeah like you said that's not exactly what uh like people are making really great music and they're writing like really meaningful lyrics and all of that when I totally um appreciate that I love a good jam, you know. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. I think that's everything. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything else to say, Michael? Oh, gosh. Um, not today. It's been okay. lovely chatting with you. <laughs> thank you for thank you for inviting me. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for making time for us. Um, your work has been so important in, in this funny little project that we have. Um, and so to get to talk to you and get to, you know, spend some time, um, has just been lovely. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Maybe we can have you back when we get some official lyrics, uh, mm-hmm. for this new Sounds stuff. Fun. <laughs> By the way, I did, I did love your questions about, um, album by album so I did come up with some answers for those if you want them but I also mm-hmm. recognize that it's super late your time no so. no no I I don't care at all wait what what question did I miss album by album there was oh, something the, about uh, favorite song and something <laughs> about a meal yeah okay yeah let's yeah. get you to answer those then I would love that favorite so, song yeah. per album please oh man um well, it, it's funny that you asked because I took my cousins. Um, I went to the show in Philadelphia, um, the String Keys um, incident um, show before COVID, and um, took my cousins to go. And they asked me the same question. And I think hopefully they're not, they're not listening and judging that this is the same. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I'm I'm still pretty consistent. So um, Milk Eyed Mender, if I had to choose, like all of these are if I had to choose, obviously. Mm-hmm. No offense, Joanna. Yeah. <laughs> um, this side of the blue. Oh. Uh, just like gets me every time. Um for East, uh it's probably sawdust and diamonds. And I think some of that I've realized over time is because it's a solo harp and like um just something that I think I'm drawn to. Um but also the the song itself, just overall. Um for have one on me, it's uh, in California mm. for just a lot of different reasons, um, the lyrics, but also the fact that I live in California and like some of that is like very evocative of, I can see the landscape in that, in that song. Um, 
Chopper Divers kind of uh, like my first love on that uh, album was Zappa Konikin, so I think that's just kind of stuck with me. Um, and I love like every time I listen to it, it just uh, like <laughs> transports me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like at the String Keys Incident concert that I was at, I think this is where I heard her say it, that she is most proud of Sapo Konikin from oh, Divers mm. because of all the reference. She was like, she said something like, I accomplished what I had set out to do with that song and it feels finished. Like it feels like something I can be proud of. So you guys are on the same page. She said something along those lines in um, the interview with Dave Eggers where like, I think you might have been asked, like, totally fact check me on this but like she he might have been asking about like how long the things take uh, the songs take to write and um i think she talked about like something like sapaconican where i just like layer and layer and layer and layer like takes a while um and i was like yes yes <laughs> <Keep layering>. yes <laughs> um as we were talking about this, I thought of another question that I, I wanted, wanted to, to ask, ask you that I forgot to ask you before. So I'm sorry. This is totally like jumbled. We'll get back to the meals, albums as meals in a second. Um, can I, I don't know if you have a theory about this or not, but I have been grappling with this myself as we're getting to time and we're talking about like Aryan meeting Rarian. Uh, I don't know if my pronunciation of those are right, but, um, and like just Persephone being and I think Demeter being so tied to agriculture and just sort of these agrarian themes that come up throughout divers. We get just mentions of not just in time, but there's, you know, the corn, there's the, um, uh, I had some stuff written down here cause I'm drawing a blank, but, um, right. well, like even the, the like calling New York city, Sapaconic and like is kind of a, a, a reference to, I mean, like let's be real, like it was being um slashed and burned at that time. So like it was being it was still being it was being cultivated, but it was a an agrarian place. Yeah. Right. Sorry, I just cut you off, but like that yeah. No, no, that 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 helps that helps because yes, exactly. Sabo Konikin leaving the city, there's like this like farmland and this this heavy emphasis on spring, I think, in my interpretation. Um and so, yeah, I just wanted to know if you had any thoughts about the prevalence of agriculture slash crops slash like the land providing um, mm -hmm. on divers. Do you do you have any thoughts about that? Tillers that making hay. Right, right, exactly. Um, no, it's interesting. I like maybe nothing like too concrete, um, but it's interesting to think about it in that way. Um, just in light of what we're talking about with um, cycles and scientific progress and like the notion, like the definition or notion of like, is progress actually good? Um, it's just, yeah, it's interesting to think of like if, um, if there is a, like if after the like extinction of the world, there is a, like an agrarian kind of experience again, like a, like a, um, it's just calling to mind those like, buildings that are overgrown with vegetation after they get left and um, kind of the land coming back. But no, mm. I, I, I don't have anything like to take that as like a, just a, an, an image passing my mind and not necessarily a theory about um, what Joanna's trying to do with that or if she's trying to do something with that. Right. 
that that's a helpful image for me. Um, definitely. I don't really have a theory on it. The thing that I was sort of tossing around in my mind was like fertility slash like the legacy that we leave being and like what we can produce, especially in like a gendered context. But like, that's as far as I got with it. I don't really know. I love that. Okay. Now we can get to the meal question. (laughs) (laughs) So Sam, go ahead. So our listeners know what we're talking about. A very silly closing question. (laughs) If each of her albums were a meal, what meal would it be? Hmm. (laughs) This was fun. Um, (laughs) Don't, don't read anything into this. Uh, (laughs) Especially not about like my my culinary prowess or <laughs> foodiness or lack thereof. Um, so uh, maybe I'll start with divers. I think I was I was thinking like there's some kind of like rarity and some kind of layeredness, like maybe some kind of like mushroom risotto, like a chanterelle, like where you can only pick the mushrooms at a certain time of the year, and there's just something like very precious and ephemeral about it but also like you're layering that broth in like little by little there's like a loving nona stirring the pot so that was risotto for (laughs) divers Uh, for uh have one on me i was thinking of like a stack of pancakes like fluffy Mm. pancakes um maybe with like a bunch of fresh fruit on them and maple syrup just like heaped over top decadent yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um well speaking of decadent i actually was thinking that for east like um i don't know if you're like so okay so it's like not to sound pretentious like um like a flourless chocolate cake but i was thinking particularly of this one from sicily called torta caprese um or from that i guess capri um in southern italy so like it's like a flourless chocolate cake and it's like just so rich and so good like maybe with a little scoop of hazelnut ice cream on the side oh my Um, god yeah that's that's my ease yeah and then um for milk-eyed mender seafoods do Because of all the mollusks. Excellent. That was, wow. I'm very impressed because I can feel the pull of each of those Mm -hmm. descriptions. I see how they fit their their albums. I'm impressed with the question. It was fun. All right. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of our hearts. Keep writing. I'm rooting for you in the same way as we're all rooting for Joanna to keep keep going. When we see that you have new stuff, we're just as uh, encouraging. So, yeah, know that we're rooting for you. And... Yeah. Have a good night. Have a good until we see you again. (laughs) All right. So that does it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We have a Patreon. You can check us out there. I will link to it in the show notes. We have early episode releases and some bonus episodes for you guys to check out there. We have an Instagram the handle for that is a hopeless endeavor podcast. We have a Facebook group. We have a an Instagram. Anyway, yeah, on the Instagram, Sam has all like the links linked on a link machine thing. So you guys can check out the Instagram for a lot more information. That's all for now. Bye. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week with Mickey. Bye.